Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Let's Sleep On It, Reclaiming Parenthood, the podcast. And I'm your host, Taylor Kulik, a sleep and well-being specialist and occupational therapist. My mission with this podcast is to examine the parenting narratives that dominate our culture and grow together as parents. Here, we will talk about biological infant sleep, as well as many other parenting-related topics. And you'll also hear real empowering journeys from parents who are parenting against the grain. I hope that you walk away from each episode feeling inspired, empowered, and supported. Please remember that none of the information shared in this podcast is medical advice, and you should always speak with a trusted healthcare provider if you have any concerns. Let's dive into today's episode. I want to share with you guys one of my all-time favorite companies. I'm passionate about this company. I've been using them for over three years, and they make some of the cleanest and most affordable personal care products for the entire family, personal care and wellness products. So they have herbal remedies and tinctures. They have personal care products. My husband and myself use their deodorant on a daily basis. And most recently, they've launched a home care cleaning line, which we now have transitioned pretty much all of our cleaning products over to their their cleaning products. So we use their cleaning spray and their dishwasher detergent and their laundry detergent and their dishwashing soap. And we have been so impressed with not only the quality and simplicity of their products, but also the affordability and small company, family-owned company experience that we get when we shop with them. So the company is Earthly and they are just phenomenal. You can go shop at earthly.com and earthly is spelled E-A-R-T-H-L-E-Y.com slash R-E-F slash T Kulik. Alternatively, you can thank me for your checkout. Um, Thank you. Thank me for your order in the checkout section. And you can use the code Taylor10 to save 10% off your first order. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today is kind of a different episode. It's just me. Um, I haven't done an individual episode like with just myself and no guests in quite a while, but I have had. Um, I got some requests when I was asking about what kinds of things you want to see on the podcast for this season. I got some requests to share my birth stories, and um, I'm often getting requests to share my birth stories like on Instagram, and I have before. I've I've shared both of my birth stories um, like a few times on my Instagram stories. I just never save them to like a highlight. I never kind of put them in a post. So I don't have them anywhere saved, and I thought, you know – podcast is a good place to save, have those permanent birth stories. So I am just going to share my birth stories here quickly with y'all. I thought that would be kind of a cool thing to do, especially because we're heading into what I call birthday season in my family. My birthday is in April. Um, My son's birthday is in May. And then my husband and my daughter's birthday is in June. So it's birthday season around here or we're getting there. Okay. So Let me start with my daughter. My daughter is my oldest. She is five, um, almost six. We will call her E. So with my daughter, I planned a hospital birth. I had pretty conventional, um, uh, what's it called? Maternity. (laughs) Maternity care with an OB. I did 
get a doula. I, I knew that I wanted a doula and I wanted somebody to help my husband support me, but also somebody to advocate for me. Um, and so I did a few different, like she, she gave me some information about preparing my body for labor and some exercises to do and positioning type things, um, nutrition type things, things like that. So I did a few of those things. So with her, I remember the day that I went into labor, I was 39 weeks and I think three or four days. And we, my husband and I went out for ice cream. It was a summer day. It was June. So it was a summer day. We went out for yogurt. It was, it was frozen yogurt and came home, went to bed as we were getting ready for bed. Um, my husband was already in bed. I had just gotten into bed. It was probably 9:30 or 10 o'clock. I think it was 10 o'clock. I had just gotten into bed. And as soon as I got into bed, I felt a gush of liquid and it was my water breaking. Um, I didn't realize that at the time, but I stood up, went into the bathroom. I said, Andy, I think my water broke. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty clear. It was just like gushing liquid. So we called the um, OB's office, like they're on, you know, they're on call number. And she asked me a few questions. We, she kind of established that it was totally fine for me to stay at home and labor if I wanted to for a while and then come in when I thought I needed to, you know, as labor was progressing. So my husband went to sleep. I laid in bed trying to get some sleep, but didn't get any sleep. The, I was listening to, um, I had like a, a relaxing music playlist loaded onto my phone. So I was trying to listen to that, trying to work on my breathing strategies. Um, and my contractions were just getting progressively closer together and stronger over the next few hours. So water broke at 10 o'clock or so. Um, contractions started. They were pretty far apart. It wasn't too strong, but I still couldn't sleep. And then probably by like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, um, they were very, very strong. And so I went onto the couch. I was in the living room kind of just like leaning against the couch and just on my birth ball and just moving around, trying to be comfortable, trying to do my deep breathing strategies. Um, my husband was sleeping. I wanted him to get rest and he he can sleep through anything. So like for me, I couldn't sleep. Obviously, I was in pain. I was also kind of like it was like this excitement and this this kind of nervousness and anticipation. So when I am feeling those things, I can't sleep. My husband can sleep through anything, which I'm very grateful for because I wanted him to be well rested um, because I knew I wasn't going to be well rested. So um at probably it was probably like two or two thirty. The contractions were very strong and pretty close together, and so I woke my husband up and I said, "I think we need to call my doula and let her know that we probably need to go to the hospital soon." So we called her and she um, she told me to take a shower before we went. And I remember being like, "Why? Why do I need to take a shower? I'm, I'm in pain. I'm in labor. I need to go to the hospital." And now I know that she told me. She told my husband. My husband was on the phone with her. She told my husband to tell me to take a shower because she always told her, um, especially first time moms, that because she, in her experience, most first first times mom, first time moms thought they needed to go to the hospital sooner than they actually did. And she wanted to kind of slow them down a little bit and be at home for a little bit longer. So that's why she told me that. So I did. I rinsed off quickly. My husband got our bag in the car um, and we went to the hospital. We probably got there around 3 or 3.30 and um, we went and checked in and they checked my um, cervix and I was 
six or seven centimeters dilated. So I was pretty far along. And I remember my doula got there at about the same time as us and she was pretty surprised. She was like, wow, you're you're pretty far along and your water only broke at 10. And, you know, because like the the – I know every birth is different, but what you usually hear is first-time labors are usually longest. Um, that hasn't been my experience thus far, and we, I will talk more about that later when I talk about my son's birth. But um, so I was pretty far along. So I got checked in, got into my room, I got in the shower in the room, and was on like the chair. I remember. I remember just it was just very, very, very strong contractions. I I had a birth plan. I my goal was to not have an epidural. Um, so I was trying to use whatever pain management techniques I could. And my doula was very helpful in um, helping me or guiding me to switching positions every so often and making suggestions. And so I remember sitting in the shower and the hot water felt really, really good on um, on my stomach, on my, on my uterus. And then I remember sitting in a rocking chair and it was just excruciating. Like the contractions were so strong. And so I finally had to get into the hospital bed. Um, and I say I have to as in I felt like I needed to. So I was trying to labor on my hands and knees for a while and I just couldn't. I got to tr the like transition point and I um, was in such pain. I was also so exhausted because I hadn't slept. And so now at this time, it's probably four or five, maybe six in the morning. I'm not really sure what time it is at this point. Um, but I was so exhausted. I remember I was like passing in and out of consciousness. I was like falling asleep, but then I would, I was in so much pain and the contractions were so strong that I would like wake up and um, it was, I, I couldn't like hold myself up on my hands and knees. So um, eventually I think when it came time to, to start pushing, I I think I tried that for a little bit on my hands and knees, but I just didn't have the strength or the energy to do it. And it was also – I remember it being very uncomfortable for me. Um, and I'm not sure why it was uncomfortable, but I remember it being very uncomfortable. And so I ended up just saying I have to lay on my back, which is I didn't want to give birth on my back, but that was in the moment what felt like best for me, what I needed to do. I just didn't have strength. Um, and so I was pushing um, for this – birth, for my daughter's birth, I remember there was a lot of purple pushing, a lot of like bearing down, which is not ideal. Um, and then the nurses were really encouraging me to do that. And I was also on my back. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't, a, in, you know, an ideal position in terms of like gravity helping as well. And um, so I was pushing, I was like passing in and out of consciousness. Um, and finally my daughter was born. Well, kind of, I don't remember, I don't remember much in that. I remember feeling like I was dying, um, thinking like I was, because I was passing out and then waking up and then passing out and waking up and pushing. I, I, I think I asked my husband if I was dying or if I was dead. <laughs> I think I asked him if I was dead. Um, and then E was born and it was wonderful and beautiful. And I, I had a, I had a tear. I did have a small tear. I remember I bursted in eye, a, blood, a blood vessel in my eye because I was pushing so hard. So overall though, her my hospital birth experience with her wasn't bad. Um, it was a pretty good positive birth experience. They the, the staff at the hospital respected my wishes. It was quiet. There weren't a lot of people in and out. I didn't get an epidural. They respected my wishes to not get an epidural. Um, and one of the interesting things I remember is that when I was um, in transition and pushing, 
a couple of nursing students asked if they could come in and watch me. And and so I didn't say, but she was born sometime around eight o'clock. So I was only in labor for a total of 10 hours with her. And this was my first birth. So it was a pretty quick, straightforward labor, no complications. It was just like kind of a textbook labor. Um, But I remember some nursing students came in and asked if they could observe because they had not yet seen a, an unmedicated childbirth, um, which I just thought was really interesting. So overall, you know, what I was surprised by with this, with this birth experience was that I never actually felt that the contractions were unbearable or that I needed an epidural during the contractions. They were very strong. They were very uncomfortable, even painful. They were intense, but I never felt like I couldn't cope with them the most unbearable part for me was the pushing and the actual birth, um, the ring of fire, you know, like that for both of my births was the most difficult part. Um, but up until that point, I never felt like I needed an epidural. So yeah, straightforward birth with her, um, hospital birth had a pretty pleasant experience, but you know, looking back, there are things that I didn't know at the time or that I wanted to do differently. And so I chose to do quite a few things differently with the birth of my son. I wanted to prepare my body better. Um, I chose to not have a hospital birth this time around with him. And so um, my daughter and my son are just under three years apart. And so I planned a hospital birth or sorry, a home birth with him with a midwife. And my midwife was amazing. The maternal um, care, the maternity care was just day and night difference from care with an OB. Because when you go see an OB, and this is normal, like this is my experience. I know this is the experience of many, many other women. I'm not saying that this is the experience of all OBs. Um, But for the most part, especially when you're dealing with insurance and stuff, your OB visits are like 15 minutes, you know, they, they check a couple of things, they ask you how you're feeling, and then you're, you're done. With my midwife, my appointments could be 45 minutes or an hour. And it was so laid back. And we were just in like an, it was an office, like home type setting. So it was this really cozy office. She, her office was in a, like a holistic health practice. So it was super cozy and dim lights and um, essential oils. And like she, you know, with my OB, he did pre- my OB and I had multiple OBs. I had a main OB and then I had, this is how a lot of practices work. Most of you know, is that there are, um, you might rotate between different OBs in the practice because they want you to like meet them all just in case you like whoever's on call when you go into labor is who is going to be your OB. So they want you to have a chance to meet them all. But my main OB definitely did kind of pressure me into some things or I remember I would ask like about certain interventions or tests or whatever. You know, I would ask, is this necessary? And also what are the risks of this? And the answer was just kind of like always, there are no risks. This is just what we do. This is just standard of care. There are no risks. It's totally safe. And of course, you know, that's not true. I mean, all interventions, all testing, all ultrasounds, like every medical intervention has a risk. It has risks. Now, that doesn't mean that the the benefits don't outweigh the risks, but there are risks. And so it just – I wasn't given true informed consent, and this is very common within a medicalized birth setting, is that you're not given true informed consent. With my midwife, um, my second time around, it was very much – she's amazing. She's so amazing. It was very much just like, I'm just here – 
to do whatever you want me to do. I'm just here to support you. You can choose anything you want. Um, like we would talk about ultrasounds, like how do you want to get an ultrasound? And I would ask, do you think that I need an ultrasound at this time or this time or this time? And, um, you know, what are the risks versus what are the benefits? And she would talk about it with me and tell me the risks and tell me the benefits and say, you know, ultimately it's a hundred percent your decision and I'm just here for the ride and you don't have to have the ultrasounds and you can have the ultrasounds and all. I'm happy to refer you to this place where they give ultrasounds if that's what you want. But if not, that's totally fine. Um, so it was just so laid back and she was, I loved my midwife. She was just so calm. She was the kind of person that has just such a calming presence and you just feel calm instantly when you're around her, um, which is perfect. I mean, that's the perfect kind of demeanor and personality for a midwife, right? And she also had an assistant who was studying to become a midwife and kind of observing and, and practicing with her. And she was also amazing. So just a really great, peaceful, relaxing experience in terms of um, midwifery care, pre prenatal care. I keep saying maternity care. Prenatal care is the term that I'm looking for. But um, so anyways, that was fantastic. And so in terms of the actual labor, I was again 36 or 39 weeks and I think four days. They were – both of my children came at exactly the same like time. I, I think it was 39 weeks and four days. And um, I initially started having contractions um, in the evening and it was either 39 weeks and three days or 39 weeks and four days. I'm not sure which one. But they were in the evening. And so I thought for sure, like knowing knowing how my daughter – how fast my daughter's birth was, I thought this is going to be a fast birth. Like this is going to be super fast because most – so many women talk about how their subsequent births after their first birth are much faster than their first. So I just thought that's going to be me. I had a fast, I had a fast quick birth or a fast first birth. I'm going to have a fast, super fast second birth. Well, that didn't happen. So I went into labor. Um, I have, was having contractions, but it was kind of, they were tricky contractions because they were on and off. And so it kind of messed with my mind because they were strong though. And so I wasn't sure, am I really in labor or are these like Braxton Hicks or is it false labor? I just really didn't know. And so went into labor sometime in the evening, put the kids to bed. Um, I went to sleep for a little bit on and off and then the contractions got pretty strong. And so I went downstairs sitting on my birth ball in the living room in the dark, kind of the same as how I did with my first child. And the contractions were strong. And at times they were pretty close together. They got up to like maybe four or five minutes apart, but then they would get to be like eight or 10 minutes apart. So it would go back and forth, back and forth. So I was very confused. And um, by the time morning rolled around, I was exhausted because I hadn't really slept. The contractions were very inconsistent still, but they were strong. And so um, I was starting to feel frustrated in the morning because at this point, you know, I reached a time where they were maybe like eight minutes apart, but in the night they had been like three, four, five minutes apart. And, but they were strong the entire time, like intense, like they felt just as intense as the, the strongest contractions I had with my first child. And so, um, 
I went, I called my chiropractor in the morning and I asked if he could adjust me. So he did. So I went down the street to my chiropractor, got an adjustment. And then I called my midwife, told her what was going on, told her, I'm not really sure if I'm in labor. I don't know if this is false labor or if it's real because they're inconsistent. So she told me to do this maneuver. And now I can't think of the name of it, but it was a maneuver like a series of movements you do where you're curb walking and you're, I think I was like kind of hanging, like doing inversions. It was like a series of things that you do. Oh, and stair walking. And I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it's, it's supposed to help facilitate your body and, and get your body like going into labor. And so she told me to do that and I did it. And I remember walking outside. I'm just like, I have this huge belly. I'm like uncomfortable. I'm having contractions. I'm walking in my neighborhood and cars are driving by, like staring at me as I'm like leaning over because I'm in the midst of a contraction. And I get home. By this point, it's probably 12 o'clock. And I told my husband who was working from home at the time, um, so he was getting some work done, but I was like, I I told him, you know, you might need to stop and like drop everything you're doing at any moment. Um, I told him, I'm going to go upstairs and take a nap or I'm going to try to take a nap. So I went and laid down and then suddenly my contractions started picking up. Um, And so up until this point, they had been inconsistent. Like sometimes they were pretty close together and then they would get farther apart, eight, 10 minutes apart. So at this point, they're like consistently three or four minutes apart. And um, I think I nursed my daughter at some point because she's still she was still breastfeeding and that made them even closer together and, and more intense. And so then, but then they backed off again. So this at this point, it's probably like one, maybe 1.30 in the afternoon, they backed off a little bit again. They got a little bit farther apart once I got out of bed and went downstairs. So I called my midwife, told her what was going on. And she said, okay, I'm heading out from an appointment right now. Do you want me to swing by um, and check on you and see how you're doing? And I said, yeah. And at this point I said, you know, I would really like it actually, if you would um, check my cervix, because I'm just curious to know, like, this was my choice. I'm just curious to know how far along, like how dilated I am. Um, because I'm getting so frustrated. I'm so in my head at this point. All morning I had been, um, calling and texting my, my best friend, Alicia. You guys may know her as instinctual birthing. Um, but she was kind of like my on-call doula, but I was calling and texting her like, what is going on? I'm going to have to go to the hospital. Nothing. I'm not progressing. I don't know what to do. I'm not going to be able to do this. And she was, she basically told me, Taylor, you need to stop it. You are sabotaging yourself. You're getting into your head. You can do this. You need to stop. And so, um, but I was, I was getting into my head. I was getting anxious. I was starting to feel self-doubt. Like I couldn't do this because at this point I had been, I had been having contractions for like, gosh, probably 24 hours. Yeah. I think I'm actually wrong. I, I told you I told you guys that my contractions started in the evening, but I'm pretty sure they started like in the morning or afternoon of the previous day because total I was in labor for 30 hours. So yeah, they actually started in the morning. That's right. They started in the morning of the first day, um, on and off, on and off. At night, they progressed. They were close. They were intense, but then they backed off. In the morning, it seemed like my labor stalled a little bit. Um, went to the chiropractor, et cetera. So it had been over 24 hours since I'd been in labor and um, still wasn't sure if I was technically in labor or not. Um, and so my midwife came over and she checked me and I was eight centimeters dilated. 
And I feel like that was for me what my I was my body I think was so anxious and tense because I was having this self-doubt and I was having negative thoughts. I feel like my body couldn't truly let go and relax. Um, and then when she checked me, I and I found out I was eight centimeters dilated, it's like my body just relaxed and let go and my contractions came on so hard like as soon as she checked me I stood up and I said Andy you need to you need to set up the birth tub you need to set up the birth pool and I went into the bathroom I went to the bathroom um at this point it's like one probably 1 30 or 2 o'clock I'm not like so sure about the timeline of things but it's probably around there I think my midwife got there right before two so it's probably like 1 45 close to two and Andy setting up the birth pool And then I get in and at this point, it's like just after two, my contractions are so strong. I'm laboring in the pool. That's what's feeling good to me in the moment. I'm on my knees. I'm like changing positions. My midwife is helping me because I I can't get comfortable. Um, I'm I'm starting to feel the need to push. Like it's happening very, very quickly. I'm starting to feel the need to push, um, but I can't get into a comfortable position to do it. I feel like I remember being in the birth pool and feeling like I need some um, not leverage. I need to be like pushing against something. I need to brace myself somehow. So I was in, I have the video and I've shared it before, but I was in a, and I've gotten questions about my position. I was in a really awkward position where I think I was kneeling on one knee. My other knee was up and I'm in the birth pool. And then I'm like, my arms are pushed against the birth pool wall as, as like tight and hard as I can push them because I needed to brace myself against something to push. Um, I again thought I was dying. Like I got to that point where I'm like, Andy, pray for me because I'm dying. (laughs) And so then they know, okay, baby's coming really, really soon. Um, so I push a couple of times on my knees, kneeling on one knee and baby comes out. Um, and at this point I think it's around two 30. So it was only like a, a little over 30 minutes after my midwife got there. And we, at that point still weren't, I still wasn't sure I was in labor. Um, so it was a very fast, like active stage of labor, Um, but total, I was having contractions and in labor for over 30 hours. And, but it's interesting because I had so much more energy. Like I wasn't, I had more strength in this labor, even though my labor was longer than with my first. And I also had the same experience where, um, I didn't sleep the night before because I was having strong contractions, but yet I was still able to labor on my knees and I was so, I felt so empowered. I was in the pool, um, and it was just it was just a much it was just a much better experience and i loved being able to labor at home um with no interruptions and my midwife was so chill and like she was literally just there if I needed her, um, which I did. Like I, I want support when I'm giving birth, but I want the right kind of support. And my daughter was there. My She was almost three at the time and we had um, had my friend's daughter, my friend's daughter who was, I think she was 12 or 13 at the time, um, but she loved birth and she had, you know, she had been to many births. And so she came over to just be there for for my daughter if she needed it to like watch her um but my daughter ended up just being in the room with us and you know she saw the birth and it was so cool and i have um a video my husband just kind of set up a really um amateur little video from his phone so we have a lot of it on the video but her face when she first saw my son was just the cutest thing it was so special And I also have a video of her when I was still in labor before I got into the pool 
I was kneeling over the couch and I had a contraction and she kind of came over to me like she wanted to help me or say something to me. And I just like, I just took her into my arms and she gave me the biggest hug. And so I just held her through that contraction. And it's, it's literally like one of my most precious memories. I'm so glad we have it on video. Um, it's just so beautiful because she's just like, like hugging me and holding on to me so tight as I'm having this huge contraction, um, right before she meets her baby brother. And so anyways, such a different experience. And, um, even though my hospital birth experience wasn't horrible, you know, the staying in the hospital for the two nights or whatever after staying in the hospital bed and, you know, not being able to bring my baby into bed with me, that and eating nasty hospital food, that was so different from my home birth when I could just go upstairs, get into my own bed, co-sleep with my newborn. I didn't have to eat hospital food. I had frozen meals prepped. Um, it was just day and night experience, such a wonderful healing experience to be in your own home, in the comfort of your own home with your people, um, in your own bed. And it, it was just amazing. And um, I will give birth at home every time if I can. If there are any more births and I can give birth at home, I will do it because it was just such a phenomenal experience. And, you know, my second birth really challenged me so much in so many ways because I was really expecting it to be easy. I mean, I didn't, I had, I had fears. I had the normal anxieties and, um, you know, about what, about what it was going to be like. I knew it was going to be hard, but I didn't expect for it to be 30 hours. I didn't expect to be in labor so long. I didn't expect to have the self-doubt and the kind of flaky contractions. And so, but then doing it, still doing it, still giving birth at home like I wanted to in the birth pool um, and just like – I basically just like roared my baby out. It was just really cool, um, just really, really cool and it's so empowering. I mean I felt very strong and powerful after giving birth to my daughter, but I felt it was even more – a more intense, powerful feeling than that, giving birth to my son. Um I didn't mention, but with my son, in preparing for his labor, I did um, do hypnobirthing, and I found that really helpful. I have not had a pain-free childbirth. I know that a lot of women who do hypnobirthing um, ha say that they have a pain-free childbirth. I did not have a pain-free childbirth. Both my my childbirth experiences have been painful, but again, nothing that I felt like I couldn't manage on my own. Um and not on my own with the help of God, but without an epidural or without medication. But um, I didn't have a pain-free childbirth. But I do feel like the hypnobirthing techniques and exercises and really just understanding physiological childbirth was so instrumental in helping me to calm myself down and to relax my body, even in the midst of that confusion and self-doubt that I was having with my long labor, with my back and forth wishy-washy labor, I was still able to kind of relax myself in those moments, relax my body. So I found that really, really helpful. Um, and if I have another child, I will definitely be refreshing my memory and and doing those hypnobirthing exercises and um, listening to the hypnobirthing tracks and doing breathing exercises and things like that. Because I really do feel like that is one of the most important parts of preparing yourself and your body for labor. Um, yeah. And that's it. So he was born at around 2.30 in the afternoon, had been in labor for 30 hours about. 
but it was just like a cool experience. It was cool because it was like a redeeming experience and thinking that I was going to end up in the hospital. I was going to end up a transfer. Um, and I know that that happens sometimes, but I, my body, my body did what it needed to do. And I was able to just let go when I finally realized, oh, I am actually in labor and it is okay. And I can just let go and let these contractions come. Um, so yeah, those are my birth stories. Thank you guys for listening. If you stuck around and listened, um, I love birth stories. I could talk about birth all day long. I don't talk about it that much, but I could talk about it all day long because I think birth is just such a cool experience that women go through with their babies. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and leave a review if you feel called to. It really helps our message reach more parents. You can also follow me on Instagram at Taylor Kulik for similar content or visit my website at www.taylorkulik.com. I offer online courses where we really dive into infant and toddler sleep holistically. And we also offer one-to-one holistic sleep support services if you're looking to improve your child's sleep or shift patterns without sleep training. If you know a parent who would benefit from this podcast, please share. And if you'd like to financially support this podcast to allow me to create more episodes more often, you can visit anchor.fm slash Taylor I hope you'll join me next time.